Welcome to Exit the Red Race, the podcast for high performers who want to enter the next level in business and in life with more focus, more energy, clarity, and freedom. We don't do dusty book wisdom or guru quotes. It's all about real, extraordinary experiences and the raw lessons from daily life. He asks you the questions that no one else does. Sometimes tough, sometimes in your face, but always with one goal, challenging you to live your most legendary life. Here's your host, Daniel Kluke. Exit the Red Race. Today I'm talking with Luke Hardy and in a way you could call Luke a modern day adventurer. And besides being a modern day adventurer, he is also an investor in different companies, but his biggest passion is going on adventures all around the globe. He stepped into the footsteps of the old greats, being in extreme cold conditions, surviving that. And we're going to talk about what is that fire within him that allows him to go every time find new adventures, what is important in life, and in a way, how is business supporting his life? Enjoy. So here on the call with me today, Luke Hardy. And I know Luke from one of my events in, uh, in Iceland, and he participated over there, and he already immediately caught my eye because you could describe Luke as a modern-day adventurer. He went on numerous expeditions around the world. We're going to talk about that. He is passionate when it comes to nature and environment. He just shared with me that he just rather spends his time exploring new things than being in an office. But the interesting thing is that's where he started, and he's also still an investor in everyday life too, we're just going to have an open conversation. So first of all, Luke, thank you so much for your time of being here. And can you introduce yourself also a little bit, if you have anything to add to what I was saying? Thank you, Danielle. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, yes, I mean, for lack of a better word, I would uh, consider myself an adventurer in, you know, several uh, fields and um you know, venture, adventure, investment, uh, yes, technology, innovation. I've done a lot of that. I still do a little bit, uh, but of most interest uh, these days is uh, continuing uh, adventure in a sense of exploration, uh, different uh, countries, cultures, uh, geographies, uh, always with an underlying theme of uh, helping the environment and combating a uh, climate change, which has been my other passion for the last 20 plus years. And in the conversation we had before, we, uh, we pressed the record button today. We talked about you starting out in the tech scene and eventually became also an investor in, in that field. And you love technology, but also there, there's a beautiful balance, uh, what I hear you say, between your love for technology and investments but also on the other side, being curious, being out there in the world and being that modern day adventure. And we spoke with each other in a way that the success you created with in being an investment person around this, it allows you, it's in a way the vehicle for you to find that passion of adventure. I think what a lot of people have a hard time with is finding that 
that passion of finding being adventurous. How did you come across like one of the things I have here and we talk about, we'll talk about it in a second, that in 2013, 14, you went to the heart of Antarctica eh, with nine people be there stepping in the footsteps of Ernest Shackleton doing that for a longer period of time. There is probably a bridge between you being that investment banker sitting there doing your things and then like, okay, let's become a modern day adventure. What was for you, like say, that starting point to really explore that? Well, I've been innovation in innovation field and tech investment and startups and venture capital since, let's say, the mid-late 80s. Coincidentally, or not so, in 87, I did a with a friend a, a long trek climb around the Annapurnas in Nepal because yeah. 87. So if there was a not an epiphany but a really uh, you know lightning kind of a sort, it was probably 87 when I really discovered what the what really geographically how the world is different. And for me, that was the, uh, the click. And I, I would say from there, it's been more millimetric progression. You know, every time I would uh, do something, a new discover, a new, new, um, new, new country, new, new mountain, new culture, new people, and through photography also, which I did since an early age, uh, thanks to my father, you know, that led me to explore more and, and, and see more things. So since then, which has been, you know, uh, more than 30 years now, I've tried to do the two at the same time. <laughs> yeah. um, or, you know, leaving a week for discovery, exploration, uh, or a month and uh, coming back and back into my tech world. The great thing, I think my intent at the beginning of my, I don't want to use uh, the term career, but, you know, series of uh, occupation, business life, so to speak, has been that I wanted to be independent because there are several ways to be, you know, in investment banking or venture capital or investment. You can be, you know, in an office and mostly working with, people and teams office and then you're kind of a stuck and you have your two, three, four weeks uh, a risk of, you know, making or doing less. Luckily it worked it has worked great for me. So I was not only probably more successful, let's say financially, economically, than people who are more into uh, traditional teams, but also it has helped me and uh, allowed me to get organized the way I wanted. And uh, yeah. You know, at any time in my in that life, I was able to say, "Well, okay, next month I'm going to take a month off and go to Antarctica or elsewhere." So that that, that that's been great, and and luck has helped as well. Yeah. So so what I hear you say to just recap it for everybody that is that's watching or listening to this is that being there as a venture capitalist, you what it allowed you to do. And part of it was also luck. And I think that's important for people to realize that it allowed you to be independent, financially independent, so that you have the freedom to move whenever you want. And again, luck is something that yeah, almost happens magically. But at the same time, also, of course, your skill level, the way how you step into the world, right? Yes, uh, 
totally. I mean, I'm the first one to say that luck has been a, a great part of my life so far. And, you know, who knows what tomorrow will be like, but so far I've been blessed. Um, the investment part and venture capital has been definitely a tool to allow me to do uh, things that I even liked uh, uh, to do uh, better. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and before we make more the bridge to your adventures, uh, Luke, you've created a life for yourself where, in a way, you're working not for it working. And yes, there is part of its financials, but it's more what I hear you say. It is for me. I work to experience freedom so that I can venture out on those adventures. Would you say now, because you're starting out at that venture capitalist, but then didn't have that yeah, that kindled passion? going out in nature and exploring different parts of the world. Now you have that experience. Would you say that you're a different venture capitalist now with the knowledge you have obtained from traveling all over the world and going in those adventures or not? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, first, there is nothing like, you know, aging to, uh, to sure. get experience. I mean, you definitely go statistically through so many different situations. But the... Uh, Geography thing, having been in probably over, I don't know, 100 and 130 countries, maybe by now, and, you know, from China to Argentina to many countries in Africa and Southeast Asia and all that. I mean, you see so many different kind of people and, uh, and, and ideas and, uh, and ways to implement ideas, uh, which have been kind of, uh, started in other countries. So there is this great, mix and, uh, you know, boiling of uh, mixing of uh, ideas and, and ways of thinking and, uh, and just, you know, but pure chance, you know, you're in a country, something, a color, a smell, boom, and that make, makes a click which can help you solve or, or invest in or, yeah. or think of something totally different. It's the magic of a magic of just moving all these around. I think you're totally right. And I think also think that you don't need to be a successful venture capitalist to have this experience. But I think the lesson that people can take from that is that when you set yourself open to explore more than the contained world you're in, you're going to see different angles to how you move through life, right? I've, I've worked with so many nationalities also across the globe and People are always really interested in, in the traveling around the world. But I find mostly the most enriching part is that when you have a conversation with somebody else, like now with you, you in a way are influencing how I see the world and how I move through the world. So how I interact with, well, let's say, with the next person is being influenced because of this conversation with you. The people that are watching this and hearing your stories will get new insight yes. how they move through the world, right? Yes, I hear you. Yes, uh, totally. And, uh, and the, the magic is that you don't even have to go with a particular agenda or, you know, preconceived ideas. You just uh, be open to uh, the outside and, and, and people and, and stuff, interesting stuff will come up for sure. Yeah, yeah and, and, and I fully agree with that. And I think even it's the opposite also is that when you plan too much, like all the planned holidays, etc. the more it's contained, the less you're open to experience life, right? In its fullest. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things that caught my attention when we were talking before and now 
made that switch, let's say, from modern day uh, investment uh, person to a modern day adventurer. Before this, when we went on this call with each other, you also talked about being a kid and that you were always a little bit explorative already also, right? So could we say for you, Luke, that, that in the past you were also the explorer as a little boy or not? Uh, yes, in a way, maybe not as a, well, my, my father was in the army and we were three boys in a small apartment in Paris. So exploration was, you know, uh, as we might conceive, it was a little bit limited, but, uh, you know, getting out in the streets and uh, I was probably what we would call today a street kid in yeah. In Paris, you know, being often in the streets with friends and sometimes, you know, fighting, throwing stones at, at uh, one another and stuff like that. I think the discovery exploration thing came as soon as I had the opportunity. And you know, if I compare with my two brothers, as soon as I had the opportunity to go, you know, through military programs, I could go skiing in the Alps, even though uh, we were in a very modest uh, family. Well, I, I'm the one who said, okay, I'll go skiing. Or uh, my first trip was in Belgium, a summer camp in Belgium. Well, of the three, I was the one who said, okay, yeah, let's go to Belgium and uh, summer camp. So I can trace back this uh, willingness to go, you know, to the unknown in a way, uh, you know, when you are... 12, 13, 14, and uh, do, do these kind of things. So, yes, uh, yeah. I would go back to, uh, to, to then. And then it became really a uh, habit of uh, being uh, curious. And I mean, to the extent of uh, staying safe, I'd say if I've not done it yet, yes, I'm willing to try, whether it's uh, food or new country or talking yesterday about Jordan with a friend uh, for a uh, horse endurance race uh, yeah i'll go to jordan etc uh, etc et so right. one of the things and that and i think that's really an interesting trait that demands also other traits from within you uh, strength and courage is like you need to be curious so just we make that little leap to nepal and you there in a way the more bigger ignition of you being that adventurer is going on it was still let's say many years ago so times were totally different than if you would go to uh, nepal but you had that curiosity within you would you say that with with that curiosity going to nepal in those times that you also in a way needed trust within yourself or courage or what what was it that that allowed you to be that curious uh, yeah uh, well it's interesting because seen from the inside if i try to analyze a little bit it's more in, in uh, my investment uh, technology world and of entrepreneurship i speak or we speak sometimes of uh, delusional optimism Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so it's maybe more that you know being optimist by nature, yeah, and but also a little bit de- delusional, and uh, you know where's uh, the quality, where's the disease in that term? It's not always clear, but it might be more that than um, saying, okay, I'm a courageous guy. I'm going to do it. And, uh, you know, let's go. And this notion of 
maybe not being totally aware, not, not trying to be totally aware of what's on the other side is uh, helping in a way, because if you analyze it, you know, to death and then, then you don't go. I mean, I'm just back from Colombia. I've probably suffered the most of my life in terms of, you know, climbing, mountaineering and the walking on Zastrolic, ice formations, very tough, uh, middle of the night and, and 45 degrees slopes. I mean, for me, at my not so young age, it was, it was really tough, but if I'd been explained by the guide before, or if I'd researched it too much, then I would have probably needed courage to <laughs> go, go for it. Wonderful. But the fact that, you know, yeah, mountain, let's go. Yeah, let's wake up, you know, two, three o'clock. Let's go, let's do that. And I think that makes up for maybe the lack of courage that I have. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you for, for being so honest. So in a way, right. you could say it, it's not like courage. It's more like you're deliberate, not becoming over analytical. And it becomes, and you yeah. just focus on the curiosity and the attractiveness that is connected yeah. to that curiosity instead of all the what ifs, what could happen. Yeah. And, and now if I look at what, I, again, I just did, it might not be much for, you know, a super mountaineer or a super guide, but for me, it was a lot. Maybe now I say, wow, look, you were really courageous to do that. And uh, if I explain exactly exactly what I did to other friends or contacts, they say, oh God, it's crazy. How can you do that? It's so brave, so courageous of you. I mean, you, you know, you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, retrospectively, I may have had that, but on the spot, it was just... And, and I don't know, maybe the firefighter, that's something like that too, you know, uh, when he or she goes into the the fire, it's just instinct and let's go. And, uh, no, that's, and exactly, uh, that, that's exactly what I want to explore with you, right? Because yeah. being that modern day adventurer, originally being that investment capitalist, it's, it's, they are in a way so totally different worlds. And, and what we understand already from you is that in a bay, both they, re are, uh, they are reinforcing each other and with the, the creativity insights that you get from being all those wonderful adventures, the, the financial side and the freedom side of being adventure capitalists and the luck part of in it, that is always being fed by your skill set, of course, because it's not only luck that is in this uh, case. But if you then look back, you had that first big epiphany in uh, Nepal that had uh, the attractiveness of exploration. Now I've been to more than 100 countries doing things that you say, most of the times I do it from uh, a, a dissolutional point. I just want to do it, not reading too much. So in a way, you're not feeding your brain that much with all the things that can happen. If you look back at the timeline starting in Nepal until now, what were your highlights when it comes to creating or going on those exploration and adventures? Let's say the biggest adventure you've been on because you've seen to so many countries, you did so many uh, things for the environment, but also yeah. uh, expeditions. What was your most like life-changing expedition? Uh, the, the most fascinating was... Uh, Probably Antarctica, the first time I went in 2003, you know, the highest mountain in Antarctica, Mount Vincent, uh, full month uh, expedition, uh, full autonomy, three people, 
the Jersey expanse of the um, the landscape is totally out of this world. It was super tough for me, and it was also uh, extraordinary in so many senses. So if I had to pick one, uh, probably uh, the one. Although, and I'm not saying that to be facetious, but the, uh, the, the next one for me is always the most uh, exciting. There's the one I've not done yet, you know, uh, uh. where... I will be next, and uh, <laughs> uh, be, and I hope it will be the most, you know, fantastic and extraordinary. I don't want to be just, you know, I've done this extraordinary thing, and then a lot of other things around, and I'm just adding, uh, checking boxes. No, I really want to have a project, uh, you know, project in Iraq and in, in Jordan. I have uh, something in Pakistan. They have a, a bunch of a. Uh, of uh, projects and I really hope I, I think you're saying something that that I see a lot also with the people that that I work with or that I see over the world and I'm just curious how you're experienced that because you triggered me by saying for me it's not like checking a box right it's yeah. it's more what for you specifically is that more look what 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 besides the let's say the curiosity what sparks that fire within you than just saying, oh yeah, I've went to Antarctica, did it two times, three times. But what is that thing that, that pulls you through something like that? In a way, it's you know hard to pinpoint. I know it's it's within me. I know it's uh, something is pulling me, you know, uh, outward, outside. And if I were to analyze it and uh, I don't know, maybe it's just if I were to die next week and um, do I want to spend the last week of my life just, you know, reading a paper or being by a pool or would I wish to have discovered even more? Yeah. There is some, uh, some of that as well. I would like to ask you this and you don't, of course, have to answer it because it triggered me what you're saying. So let's say, Luke the last few days of your life, reading a newspaper, being at home, or mm. being on one of your next adventures, what would be your, what would be the preferable last days for you? Oh, totally on a new adventure somewhere and uh, <laughs> dying up there or, or drowning after having spent a great week of Exciting, fun discovery, new people, new cultures. Not, not that I don't love my family and, you know, wife and daughters. And of course, it goes without saying, but yeah, totally, totally. No, but, but thank you for being so honest because that's yeah. what I always ask when I work with people. I, I love that total honesty because the political yeah. correct thing maybe would say, yeah, with my family or whatever, but I rather have you to, to share this because we feel this as human beings, yeah. right? For you, it's, it's oh, yeah. going on an adventure. For me, maybe it's something yeah. else, but it is the honest uh, side uh, of you. When I went through the, the sheets that you filled in, in, in front of the goal, you did so many things like being that investment capitalist, all those adventures you did. You, I think you're the, one of the persons I know that is most passionate about the environment and in a way put it on a stage for the people to see what is going on in the world. What drives that for you that is not only that adventure for you that you can f explore yourself in, but what is the side when it comes to the environment? So 
you document a lot of the things you do, for example, in the Arctic. Also in 2014, mm-hmm. I'm just reading what you did. You led an expedition in the heart of Antarctic with night adventures. They came from different backgrounds, but one thing brought them together, a passion for adventure and testing the limits. And the goal was to follow in the footstep of one of the greatest legends of the golden age of polar exploration, Mr. Ernest Shackleton. Let's dive in that and then make that leap to an environment too. But what was it that you feel like, I need to do this, but are we also going to capture this and share this with the world? In a way, it's a great way to combine uh, a few of my passions for adventure and discovery, going to a new place and my passion for talking about uh, environmental challenges for the last 20 years or so in my modest uh, way and writing books and uh, about that and uh, talks and photography and, and, and whatnot. But also I'm a scientist by background, and um, which obviously helped a lot in uh, my technology business. And so the idea has always been in my expeditions, you know, the more organized and really uh, true expeditions as opposed to just adventure has been to combine the science aspects by inviting a a couple of scientists to come with me, but also trying to invite uh, youngsters and, you know, children so that they can, you know, be witnesses of what's what's been happening and and talk to, uh, to their constituencies, which presumably are younger, younger generations so I've always liked to kind of a mix uh, uh, people, you know, like in a startup in a way, when you take different talents and different uh, backgrounds and personalities and uh, maybe nationalities and you mix all this and you end up uh, sometimes and uh, with a great, uh, great success. So I, I've tried to do that in, in most of these uh, expeditions. It's kind of a, this uh, melting pot of uh, different uh, backgrounds and capabilities and experiences and so generation. Your, your business, uh, let's say, insights on building teams, organizing things can in a way be, be placed on your adventure and on also so your science, uh, science background. And then if I'm correct, in 2014 with that Shackleton expedition and I think Shackleton, when was the time that he did it? In 1800, something like that? 1914 to 1917. So about uh, over 100 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So 100 years ago, did that for three years, that, the travel uh, over there from one side to the other, if I'm correct, right? We're, we're well, the, entire, the entire expedition was about almost two years. Yeah. And it was a, just a series of uh, challenges, like hard to imagine until you, you read them, you know, the, the ship sunk and uh, the cold and the hunger and the uh, occasional disease and problems and just not literally not knowing if they would be dead the next day. And that lasted for so many months. Yeah. And thanks to his, uh, you know, to luck, I'm sure also, but to his uh, prowess as a, uh, a great leader and project leader to have organized all this and um, everybody survived uh, this uh, ordeal. Yeah. And and you did it, and for a, is that also, was that also for a month over there or not? No, no. So yeah, it was a six week, a month and a half expedition. So we, yeah. in no way did we reenact. You you cannot reenact uh, harrowing, horrible 
history of the past. You can go in the footsteps of, you can uh, revisit, you can do, you know, some little bits of the same things. And we did some of that when we crossed the uh, island of South Georgia and, you know, being on that boat, like being in a washing machine for six weeks. And, uh, yeah, you know, so we, it was more experiencing what it might have been like, but, you know, how can you experience not knowing if you're going to be alive uh, the next day for two years is just impossible. But we experience enough that we, uh, uh, I'm not sure what we learned, but we sure had a great uh, uh, fantastic uh, uh, adventure. If I remember correctly, because I think when we first met with each other, you just released a documentary around that or something like that. I've watched the documentary that there was a lot of, it was real icy and windy over there, right? To to get from one place to the other? Yeah, it was uh, his boat. His bo- he wanted to cross Antarctica, the yeah. continent, you know, arriving by ship and crossing. And, uh, but uh, the ship was caught in the ice and uh, basically uh, for a year or so uh, just, uh, you know, drifted uh, with uh, with the ice and the ship was crushed and uh, they had to be on foot and uh, lifeboats and... Uh, it was miserable day after miserable day. And, uh, yeah. Let's say you're not reenacting what you're saying, but you're exploring some of the parts of the experience, part of the footstep that you went through. And yes, you have nowadays all the modern day technology, the wonderful clothes and, and everything that is supporting an yeah. event like that. But still, you're, let's say, really isolated in the, in the middle of nowhere, right? And there are hazards going on there. During a trip like this, this that have you, have you ever the feeling like, oh, this is a tricky one? What if? Or yeah, uh, totally. Actually, in this expedition, uh, we, um, I mean, Shackleton crossed the island of South Georgia. I think it was in uh, sixteen hours, and uh, it took us uh, three days. Wow! Uh, with all the equipment we had, you know, everything state of the art and. Uh, just because of weather, the conditions, and we had to do it in three segments. So again, you know, testament to their strength and passion and will, extraordinary will of being, you know, the pioneers of the age and willing to discover. And you know, as an adventurer, I feel so humbled by people. Like uh, like Shackleton and, and others and many others, whom we forgot the names of or never knew the names of, but we're yeah. part of these teams. But yeah, there are times when uh, you know we had a big storm and uh, we um, actually shown in the documentary I did, and uh, we were not uh, you know we kind of uh, filmed ourselves uh, the nine of us in the tent and uh, we were all uh, pretty uh, worried about uh, what would happen. The tent was starting to, you know, be blown away. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, if the tent had gone, we'd be, we would have been in, in bad shape. And then, you know, who knows? Another strike of bad luck and combination and boom, and uh, people die. Yeah. That's yeah. luck versus no luck. That, that's interesting, right? When you combine it to what you were saying before becoming that venture capitalist, luck and yeah. skill was a part of it. But yeah. here you deal with the elements of nature being isolated yeah. and yeah. then luck can also work the other way around. And then yes, you have your skill set and your technology and your, let's say your equipment, but you can't beat nature then, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and you know, sometimes I hear people say, "Well, look, you know, happens to people who are prepared and blah blah blah." I, yeah, maybe there is some of that, but sometimes there is sheer bad luck and uh, good luck and bad luck, and you know, you, you can break a leg and so easily you can so many little accidents or, or bigger ones which can happen and uh, they have nothing to do with your preparation and. Uh, so when you do when you do things like that and you talked already like you explored a little bit how it was to be in the footsteps of Shackleton and all those other wonderful people and you go through a process like that and you did it with several other expeditions that you captured in movies photos books would you also say that it allows you to experience your own humanity in a different way than for example if you would just have stayed being only that investment banker For sure. I mean, any experience uh, you have uh, is, you know, brings you different, uh, can explore, uh, explore your, your, yourself and, uh, and facets of yourself so definitely more in depth. And, uh, and sometimes, or, you know, it's, it's maybe just being in a tent in the middle of a totally different environment and, uh, you know, opening your, your tent and seeing this lake and uh, in the early morning and almost crying and <laughs> uh, not totally sure why you're analyzing it. But so, yes, it's, uh, I think also about, you know, obviously you're typically with other people. I've never done something totally, you know, alone. Oh, uh, never solo. Yeah. Never alone, uh, always at least one person. I mean, yes, I've done some, you know, tracks and uh, day things or two days and here and there alone but but the real uh, adventure expedition uh, was actually I've always liked to be with someone else maybe by fear of you know of being stuck alone in the middle of nature and not knowing what to do but also you know to share and talk and uh, so yes there is ample room and time for you know, analyzing, discovering and, uh, and, and taking notes and, uh, and writing. And, uh, in the, the uh, investment world, you work a lot with your head, right? You're really always like analyzing strategically steps. What I then sometimes see is that people have a hard time connecting with, let's say, their whole system, their body, everything is going on and people end up in burnouts. If you would compare that to yeah, being a modern-day adventurer, how do you experience yourself in that? Is that different? Are you less in your head? How would you ex explain that to people? I'm probably more when in a uh, expedition, adventure, discovery trip like this, I'm probably more in a way uh, myself letting it go Uh, open to the other people around me. I'm more listening in a way. Uh, maybe when I'm in my entrepreneur mode uh, or helping entrepreneur investment mode, I'm maybe more dictating or trying to explain things and uh, maybe less listening because I think I know so much. And uh, and when I'm, uh, you know, new country, new you paradigm um, mountain things, I'm totally humbled. So there is a, a definitely a, a sense of uh, humanity through humility, I would say, in that world that 
I tend to not have in a, a tech world where maybe a little bit more uh, experience and more bragging. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that 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 is super interesting to hear. And so, in a way, what I hear you say is when you, in in at least your case, when you put yourself in another situation where you're not familiar with it, you need the humbleness within your humanity to connect to where you are, to learn, to step into that student role again, instead of being, uh, I have so much experience and uh, being a tech investor. Uh, so it, the students in you needs to come out. The, yeah, the, the more humble student comes out instead of the teacher being at home. Yes, absolutely. I'm uh, more of a, you know, a schoolboy open when I'm traveling, discovering, and, and less so when I'm in my uh, tech investment world, for yeah. sure. The, yeah. the last thing I want to f- focus on is the, the part what you have with the environment. We already mentioned it several times. A lot of the expeditions you do are like science-based also to, to make a point uh, with combination science and environment. What is the driving force for you behind your, let's say, your curiosity, not focusing too much on the negative, but also what is the driving force that you want to capture the science part for the and the environmental part into this journeys that you're doing the click came really from more uh, the pollution side than the climate change side back in the late 80s and 90s you know people were more talking about pollution than uh, or only a tiny fragment of the population of scientists were talking about uh, you know, greenhouse gases and, and, and climate change, which we started in 89, Hansen and, and, all, and all that. My interest in that awareness, making people aware of what was going on, came from, you know, visiting these countries, realizing, well, there is pollution in the mountains in Nepal and all this. So let's talk about that. What can we do? And little by little, you know, I met a, a Cousteau, a keep in uh, in Paris in the late uh, uh, to, uh, 90s, early 2000. And uh, that led me to truly, if I can say, the space of nature and the environment and eventually uh, change. And I, you know, it started as a uh, good deed wanting to combine, you know, since I had the platforms available for that I made available for uh, travel and I was going there, you know, why not make myself useful and uh, use these logistics and expeditions and adventure to talk about these issues. So it really, I I kind of opened the travel platforms to these uh, subjects and it grew, it grew, and uh, little by little, it became the center of uh, of the projects. Mm. yeah so so what i hear you say is uh, just you have a beautiful timeline in a way sometimes people say everything happens for a reason but what's going on with you everything also happened constantly for a reason right so you became that venture capitalist and from that your curiosity could be expressed in a way that most people don't have the opportunity to do to be that extensive in expeditions and being that modern day adventure. But by traveling around the world and seeing things that a lot of people are not seeing, you realize like, hey, there is something going on with, let's say our foundational part that that creates our life and that's the, the planet and the environment and something 
needs to change here. Is yeah. that correct? Yes, uh, uh, to to totally. And there was a um, yeah, the the science background, the uh, adventure possibilities, uh, the openness to this new trend of talking about uh, the environment and climate change. Uh, all these coalesced somehow in my in my brain and uh, I was able to do it. I had the time and uh, I just uh, made it, uh, made it uh, happen. I mean, uh, you know, when you travel to these places, you see these glaciers, you're with scientists. And the good thing with being with scientists is that you realize what's going on. You see, uh, you go to Greenland, you see a glacier by yourself. Okay, well, it's a glacier. Smelting, yeah, it's summer, it's melting. But yeah. if a scientist tells you it's a 20th, year I come here and here is a picture of where it was 20 years ago and where it is today and then you then you're shocked and you realize and you can't help but say I've, I have to do something I have to talk about that I have to bring the photos the film the book and and one thing led to another and different uh, NGOs I worked with and uh Even in Colombia, uh, uh, three weeks ago, we were filming uh, glaciers, which will have fully disappeared in 10 years from what the, the glaciologist we spoke with there, we interviewed uh, in Bogota, uh, told us. So it's, uh, it's happening everywhere now. Is there a message you would like to share when it comes to what you've seen from the environment there when it comes to Colombia in 10 years, those things in common? What is your primary message when it comes to the environment that you, in a way, think that everybody needs to hear? The message is, you know, don't despair. It's not too late. And I would qualify that by saying, you know, there are trends that we cannot change. So for that, we'll need to adapt. And uh, I'm in Miami now and, you know, the parks are now being built and new parks are being built and, you know, much higher than before. And, you know, these uh, sort of things, yes, we have to, we have to adapt, but for most of it, it's absolutely not too late. A lot can be done and, uh, You know, investment, electric, and uh, saving heat in buildings, and uh, reforestation, intelligent reforestation. I mean, there's so much which can be done. And uh, I mean, these lists are available <laughs> everywhere you look on the internet. So don't despair. Don't say it's too late. Uh, no. Be optimist. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> then the optimist come back, comes back, Luke. <laughs> I love that. And I think yeah. that, that's really wonderful that yeah. even that, yeah. that, and probably you've noticed that in your business too, but it's always the optimistic, enthusiastic, yeah. seeing the glass half full instead of half empty. And yes, um, yes. Well, I would qualify that by saying that I always see the glass two-thirds full. <laughs> <laughs> I was already expecting that you would say it's fully full, but we go for two-thirds with each other. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for that. Um, we met each other in Iceland during one of the courses Ing and I run, and we always talk about the legends, right? And one of the things I believe that there is a legacy in each of us. So we talked about let's say, the last few days of your life, um, where you would be, what you would do. But what is the legacy that you want to leave behind when you're at the end of your life? Uh, well, 
probably that you know everything is possible with some desire, passion, and openness and curiosity. If I look at myself as a little kid in a you know modest part of Paris growing up, I mean, would have been impossible to picture myself where where I am today with everything I've done, and yet, and it was you know there was not no real magic you know again maybe like uh, here and there but uh, it's just being open and going for it and not uh, trying to think it over too many times too much too long and uh, exploring in your you know day-to-day life uh, and not just going on the other side of the world it's a constant uh, he tried he explored he he made mistakes and uh, he uh, he was an adventurer, but a day-to-day adventurer as well as someone who went on the other side of the world. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. So to, to sum that last part up, in a way, what I hear you say is, and we talked about luck already several times, but luck is being, first of all, it's, it's coincidence, it's skill, it's all coming up together. But at the same time, you say what the, what the life you have led, you never expected it in the first place to, to, to lead that life that were where you ended until now. And at the same time, one of the basic, let's say, programmings you bring, and I think that is an inspiration to the people that are watching, is you see the glass all most of the times, let's call it most of the times, two-third uh, uh, full. And one of the other strategies you have is that you deliberately sometimes are naive with, that you don't overthink everything so that you can act and create movement. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think that that is a wonderful tip. Going to stop you in your tracks. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that that's that's a wonderful thing because so many people they are in that situation of constantly overthinking everything and they just get into that free state. And I think for me personally, hearing you in this talk today, that that overthinking and I see it with myself. I see it with my clients, of course, because we're all human and we all do it in one way or the other. But yeah, you're trained yourself unconsciously to be really a positive adaption uh, to that. Yeah, just go. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. But but the wonderful thing is, if I've I've been to an event of Richard uh, Branson, uh, right, yeah. and he has the same mentality. It's it, when it comes to just they call him Mister Go, I think, or Mister Yes. He just did, oh, really? without, okay. yeah, without every thinking. So that's a beautiful pattern that people can uh, adopt uh, based on this. Thank you so much, Luke. Interact. Thanks a lot, and you have a great day. And uh, hi to uh, Ingvild. Yeah, wishing you all the best. Speak to you soon, Luke. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Danielle. A modern day adventurer. Each of us, in a way, is an adventurer. But what is it, or where is it in your life that you want to be more adventurous? And what is it that you need to let go of? before you allow yourself to be that adventure in your own life. Let me know and wishing you a great day. Thank you for joining us. If you don't want to miss an episode of Exit the Red Race, make sure to subscribe. Are you listening through Apple Podcasts? We'd love you to leave a review. Do you know someone who really should hear this episode? Share it in your favorite social media so you can tag them. Oh, and don't forget to tag Daniel as well. 
Want to know more about Daniel Kluken? Check out his website at danielkluke.com. Are you ready to live your legend? See you next time. Exit the rat race.